Hello and welcome back to Lounge with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two friends staying in touch through the power of books. And we do that via reading a book together. And we are currently on our eighth book club book since we started the podcast, which I think is pretty good going for me and Claire. Because we read so really many well. other books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And we're currently reading Nod by Adrian Barnes, and this is completely different to anything we've touched before. It's a psychological sci-fi horror, which, to be fair, psychological horror is maybe up our street, but I think we're more thriller people. So I was really intrigued to, to read this, and we read up to page 56. So what are our first thoughts of your choice? Oh my goodness, it it's I mean, we spoke a little bit before we start the podcast, but it is quite, it's quite unnerving. It, it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? So basically, um, the main character in the book is able to sleep. So something's come over the, the world, basically, and people are not able to sleep, but there are individuals that can sleep, basically. That's, that's the... Mm. And these individuals who can't sleep are clearly going mad. Yeah, I mean, what I found fascinating about the book is that it starts, obviously it starts in the future, we go back to the past, and his girlfriend Tanya's just like, oh, I didn't sleep last night, and he's like, oh, okay. And then she comes back from work and she's like, nobody slept last night. And then it's on the news that nobody slept, and I... I don't know, obviously that ran parallels for me for when we had the pandemic and you heard mm. drips and drabs of things, then all of a sudden it becomes something mm. massive and then, you know, the, it knocked, has a knock-on effect on the supermarkets and, like, how do you live? And this book was interesting because it followed that similar pattern and what I found strange was they heard this news and it was quite distressing news and the first thing they did was to go get McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> They did, didn't they? They usually had sushi on Friday night, but they said, oh, sod this, we'll go and get a McDonald's, yeah. And then they end up going to a cafe as well, and I just think, I felt bad for the people that had to go to work <laughs> to make them food when they hadn't slept. <laughs> it was it was just a really bizarre sort of scenario, wasn't it? And it did sort of have remnants of the, the lockdown time that we mm. had and the fact that people were panic buying. And there was a little bit of hysteria going on and what's happening and this is crazy and lots of talk and chat and everybody sort of um, got their own ideas or agenda of what's going on. It's it's quite bizarre reading it now because obviously this is quite an old book. So it was written back in 2015. So, so reading it now after what has happened with the pandemic, it, yeah, you can understand that yeah and there's parts where you're like oh gosh it did kind of go that way yeah and I agree that you know that there are going to be individuals out there that are just going to you know make the most of this and cause trouble basically you think uh you know we rely so much on food coming to us rather than like cultivating it ourselves and being self-sufficient and if something like this were to happen it would be really scary because all of a sudden there would there wouldn't be any produce and it would be a free for all and yeah yeah I think that's what is so unnerving about the book is that you're like if this happened tomorrow the likelihood of this playing out is very high 
Yeah. And where would we be in that? <laughs> I know. Where would we and be? It's all, the, it's all the technology because they feel like they, they're trying to do things to sort of uh, stop it or make it better, aren't they? So it's like you're not allowed to have your iPhones and your... You're, you're not allowed to have your phones and any tablets and electronical devices. And, and at the end of the bit that we finished on, the power's gone out, hasn't it? It has. Well, who's going to be working the power stations? Yeah. Nobody. And in, in the book, I think over the... It, what are they on? Like day five or day four? Mm. Like, yeah, this not quite day five, are they? Yeah. Really quickly. Mm. And... I guess that is to do with the sleep as well because the uh, Tanya, whose girlfriend, she does mention after she's been watching the news that if you don't sleep, you die within 32 days. And before you even get to that point, after five to six days of staying awake, the human mind basically breaks and you become insane or have moments of insanity, paranoia, and within 32 days, it's a total body breakdown resulting in death. Because when you sleep, cells regenerate, you know, you go into REM to make everything function. And if you're not doing that, it, you'll slowly die. Um, but yeah, the insanity part, only five days and they're on day four. I think when we read on, it's going to go down. Yeah, I think it is. And the people who are sleeping, uh, you know, they're not going to want to divulge that they are sleeping because I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be good for them. They're clearly trying to keep it a secret. <laughs> you know, if like you've had a really good night's sleep and you go up to somebody like, I slept really well, and they haven't, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, but on this scale, wow. And we've only met one other character that is sleeping. Mm. Whether she will come into this a bit more, we're not sure. Yeah, we're not sure. But it's, we... it's interesting because the main character, he does sleep and he's still acting fairly normal and he's looking at all of this from a normal view, thinking, wow, this is getting crazy. And there was a really tense moment in the book when he went to a supermarket and I did think, I, I was on edge reading that section because I was just waiting for it to to break, but it, thankfully it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's good. I think that's I the thing with this up. book. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not like a horror that's like jumping out at you, but it is something that gets in your head and you do start thinking, oh, what if this or what if that? Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly realise how fragile our society is and what keeps it all together. And if one thing was to break the whole thing would collapse and I think that's what makes this so scary. Yeah. What we did discover, which um, I was on Twitter and I was looking up the author and just seeing other people's opinions on the book, is that the the author, while he was finishing writing this book or had just finished writing this book, was suffering from a terminal cancer as well, a fatal cancer, a brain tumour. Yeah, I mean, because when you told me that information, I was like, oh gosh, that's so... Because it's rare that you read... It was only published in 2015. You don't expect Mm. the author to not be here anymore. And I was reading his notes at the back and he was saying that his book was just about to be published when he got the diagnosis that he had this terminal cancer. And it's like, we know that when reading this book, he probably already had that cancer and wasn't aware of it. And that just makes... 
it really sad uh, but mm. I'm, I'm glad that he was able to create this and get published and see see it to fruition yeah exactly so yeah and quite sad but uh we do want to read on and definitely <laughs> where are we going to read on to that is the question so I think what we're going to do then is read to day eight, Waking a Witch, which is page 121. That already sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm going to be reading this in the day. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been reading it. Because I did it read night. it last night and I had terrible nightmares, kept waking up and I thought, <laughs> oh gosh, I hope I'm not going to just be awake now forever. <laughs> I haven't had any sleep deprivation from it, but I, it has made me think and just, uh, yeah. What what else have we been reading? What else have we been reading? <laughs> well, I, I am reading A Witch Hunt in Whitby by <laughs> Helen Cox. So I'm reading, <laughs> this is a bit of a crime thriller. There is a, a serial killer on the loose. The main characters are Kit and Grace. And Kit has a boyfriend called Mal Halloran, who is a detective as well. And she's kind of, she's like the private, they're like the private detective and he's the real detective. And there's been um, a murder in Moulton, Scarborough, Middlesbrough and York. And they've worked out that all of these circle round Whitby. So they're thinking that the murderer might come from Whitby. So Kit and Grace have, are now in Whitby doing a little bit of research. Ooh. And she's ended up, Kit, as, <laughs> she went to this tattooist uh, because her name has cropped up um, in the sort of the research and she's ended up getting a tattoo when she didn't want a tattoo. <laughs> but she had to she had to get it yeah she sort of That's... had to make out that she was there for a tattoo and then then she got all the information she wanted and she was about to leave and the woman said oh well, i'll give you a tattoo on the house and she's like bah, bah. <laughs> what did she have to get oh she got a little um she got ended up getting a, a poetry quote, which was really short. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a really short one. And she, w- she wouldn't tell Grace where she's had it done. So, uh, <laughs> she says she's going to let, let her boyfriend find it. So I don't know where that is. <laughs> oh, <ooh-la-la. laughs> we'll say no more. <laughs> so that is my reading. So I'm, I'm nearly, I'm halfway through. You almost, yeah. It's nice. It seems like an easy read. Yeah, like one I'm of gonna, those fun I, crimes. Yeah, it's 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 quite easy to read. I'm not, you know, there's nothing too hard about it. There's a few places mentioned, so I think I'll have to take my book and get it photographed in front of the tea tea rooms and stuff like that. Go get a free tattoo. Yeah, well, the tattoo <laughs> does not. There is not a tattooist in Whitby called Squid Ink. There should be, though. I feel like there's a missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my reading, I've, I think I must be in some sort of reading slump because I, I go through phases of my reading. I'll either be non-stop reading or the thought of picking up a book makes me go, ugh, do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, though I have been listening to my audio book because I, I like listening to it when I drive. It calms me. I don't get road rage. 
And so I'm currently listening to The Death Comes to Marlowe by Robert Thorogood, and this is the second book in the series. I've read the first one, really enjoyed it, and I'm actually almost finished. It says I've got an hour and a half left to go on the audiobook, which isn't that long, I don't think. And it's a bit like last time, where I think I know who did it, but also they keep throwing me so many curveballs that I'm always like, oh, do I know? Maybe I don't know. And <laughs> suspects keep coming out of the woodwork. So I always like the book for that, because even if you think you've guessed it, they put you back on your back foot in different parts of the book, so you never are convinced you have guessed it. Yeah. And it's just such a good little crime book and it's one of those I, I feel like I can't say fun crime but it is it's one of those ones that makes you laugh because the characters are so funny and the situations they get themselves in and the crime is more of a mystery to sink your teeth into to to try and figure out what it's about but yeah I'm really enjoying this series would highly recommend it and I am looking forward to actually finding out who did it. <laughs> yeah, you are enjoying that series. You like it, don't you? I am. I know that the third one's not due out for a long time, so I'm a bit like, oh, I don't want to finish it, and then be like, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, I've not done any more reading. Have you yeah. Have you picked up any of the books? I have picked up another book, but... Um, oh, that's not like you. I have no, no. I'm not reading another book. Actually, I know I'm not oh. going to talk about this book because I'll talk about what? it when I start reading it. It's nothing exciting, but you oh know what gosh. I'm like. I go, I go to. I, well, the next book I shall read after a witch hunt in Whitby is the Diary of a Bookseller. So I picked it up from a little secondhand bookshop in Robin Hood's Bay, and it's a really cute shop. I did do a little um, Instagram about it, and it's, it's a really cute. Cover. Yeah, it's quite sweet. But I think it it says that it's um, a bit of a laugh laugh out loud, funny, witty book. But it is basically somebody's written a diary about being a bookseller. So it goes from day to day. So I'm I just thought, do you know what? It cost me two pound fifty. I'll pick that up. Give it a go. Yeah, I get these do random you know, books, don't I? You do. I was just about to say. I know I made the comment like two podcasts ago, but I just <laughs> love it. <laughs> There's just I never know when you're going to get your next book recommendation or where it's going to come from. <laughs> Keeps us all on our toes. Um, I did. I did go to. It's kind of book related. I went to the UK Games Expo at the weekend. It was a, a massive board gaming convention. I love board gaming. I would say I've always enjoyed it, but I've recently started as a hobbyist almost because I like buying the games now, playing different games, exploring the different mechanics of certain board games. So I thought it'd be fun to go to the expo to see what it's about. And it was insane. There was like games you could demo, um, obviously games you could buy. There were loads of like indie sellers there. So you could see like what they had in the works and then you could play your games. You could go into tournaments. But the biggest surprise for me was I was walking around the convention and traffic was bad there like footfall traffic but the worst place was there was a bottleneck where people were getting trapped around this one stand and it was water stones no and i thought what are water stones doing here they sell books i mean they always have had like a double corner you know those like small family games which most people might think of as mm. games like monopoly scrabble that sort of thing 
the I thought that's, what's that's that banana one banana grams yeah. yeah it's not the kind of thing you'd bring to the gaming expo so I, I went over and they had 20% off all the board games they were selling if you had a waterstones card which I do and they had an amazing catalog of games they had brass birmingham which I did end up buying so I was like when in birmingham brass, buy brass birmingham brass birmingham it's all about the industrial revolution which sounds wow. dumb, but it's not. No, it's all about the be. construction of like coal mines and iron mines, and then you have to build like transport routes to take them round. But other people that you play against can build those routes to steal your income. But what I love about it is when you open up the board, you've got Nottingham on there, Derby, all of the local landmarks of the Midlands area. Wow. Yeah, but anyway, they had that one, which is um, <laughs> was one of the most popular board games on Board Game Geek. So they had that one. They also had Lost Ruins of Arnak, which I picked up, which is like an Indiana Jones game. And they just had like all these really big titles, but also smaller titles. And I spoke to the person there because I was like, Waterstones has never done board games before to this scale. And she was like, yeah, we've literally, we're rolling it out this weekend that Waterstones are now going to be board game sellers as well as booksellers. And they're only doing it in about six stores across the UK to trial it, I guess. Uh, But one of them's Nottingham. So I went in today because I was like, I want to know if it started yet. And the whole top floor was just board games galore. And I was over the moon because we, well, to my knowledge... I've not been able to find a good board game shop in Nottingham. Wow. So I think Waterstones has now become my favourite shop of all time. Well, it's it's a good way of diversifying, really, isn't it, in the book market as well. You know, they put they stick in a cafe there, so you go up, you go and have a coffee. Mm-hmm. Now you can go and do board games. You can sit and read a book. I mean, it's great. What a great place to go to. My wonderland. <laughs> Fantastic. Now they just need to start selling cargo pants and then I don't have to go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a one-stop Sophie shop. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I try, I try. So, that's it for this week. Obviously, do follow us on our Instagram at Lounging With Books because Claire's going to be travelling around the Whitby area with her book, so you might see her around about. <laughs> We are obviously going to continue reading Nod. We're going to get to page 121, which is chapter 8. And it is getting intense. It's a mm. bit spooky. It's unsettling. Do join us because it's, it's quite the read. It is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Mm.